the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always grateful that you're listening. And especially that you send it to your friends and encourage people to listen to the show That really, really makes my day because I really want people to be the best version of themselves. And today, what I decided to do was to talk about the issue of love and what love is. Because the last two weeks, we talked a lot about shame and toxic shame and and the negativity parts of relationships when they don't work well and why they don't work well. And so I thought maybe it would be helpful if we talked about this idea of love and what love is. What is love? See, love is really what everything's about and understanding how powerful love is. I mean, we have so many biblical references for what love does, what it is made to do, what God first and foremost tells us is that love never fails. So maybe you feel like love has failed you at different times in your life. So the hardest part for us as humans is to know how to love and to love well and to know what love, quote unquote, actually is. It's so important that we know that love does not always feel good. Again, true love does not always feel good. And the world is searching hard for love. It's marketing it, replacing it, selling it, explaining it, exploiting it, misrepresenting it. So what, is re- what really is this thing that we call love? Well, I decided to entitle the show one of my um, favorite songs from the 80s, which is I Want to Know What Love Is. And I know I'm dating myself when I say this, but, <laughs> but I loved the song. And so, you know, it's so poignant for what we're talking about. And we can only know what true love is 
when we go to the one who is love. The one who is love. And where true love emanates from. See, God is love. It's not that he's just loving. He embodies love. And so he's it. He didn't necessarily create it. I mean, I'm sure he did because he can create anything. But he is love. So now, because he is, quote unquote, all truth, we can find and actually experience, quote unquote, true love through him. He's not tainted by the things that we are. He's not caught up and, and gets snagged on the things that we do. So the reason it's important to make the distinction of true love, not just love, is because we are taught and experience many things that are called love. But as we become healthier and more truth-based people, we find out that what we might have originally considered love to be was in fact not, not love. So we can often confuse healthy, corrective, uncomfortable, painful love as abuse. And conversely, what feels so intense and pleasurable, we interpret as true love. So let me say that again. We often confuse healthy, corrective, uncomfortable, painful love as abuse. And conversely, what feels so intense and pleasurable, we interpret that as true love. Well, what does the world say? Well, one author says, depending on the context, love can be of very different varieties. But at times, the very existence of love is questioned. Some say it's false and meaningless. Some says that it never exists because there really has been so many instances of hatred and brutality in relationships. They don't trust love. The history of our world has witnessed many such events. There has been hatred between brothers, parents, and children. Sibling rivalry and spouses have failed each other. Friends have betrayed each other. The son has killed his parents for the throne. You know, the count is endless. Even the modern generation is also feeling with such dilemmas and facing these dilemmas every day. But love is not responsible for that. It is us, the people, who have forgotten the meaning of love and have undertaken such gruesome apathy. And maybe I should add laziness. So I googled, I want to know what love is. And there is 571 million posts. Isn't that crazy? Just on that song. 571 million posts that people have done. So what does this tell me? Well, countries have been won and lost over love. So this famous, famous song by Foreigner went on for four pages, for more pages, about what inspired the song and what a pain-filled song it is. Just as we see in the famous song by the band called Nazareth, which is in and of itself very interesting and telling. See, as we look at famous songs like by Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is, we look at the following passage. This is what the, this is what the words say for this song. In my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now, I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I'm going to take a little time, a little time to look around me, 
I've got nowhere left to hide. It looks like love has finally found me. So we see this tendency as humans that no matter how much we've been hurt, we're going to try again. We will always try again. I tell clients repeatedly, this is not stupid to try it again. This is human. This is how humans are made. We are made in the image of God that he is always trying. He keeps trying. He can't stop loving. So isn't it comforting that God never stops trying and can't stop loving? So again, the words to this song. We're going to take a little time, a little time to think things over, going to figure it out and start again. So the most important thing you can do if you have been hurt is to take a little time. Take time to heal. And then we'll jump back in and love again. So we say to God, I say this to God, I have said this very many times to God, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. So this is why this is so powerful. So let me read the words to this entire song. It says, I want to know what love is. I got to take a little time, a little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. Now this mountain I must climb feels like a world upon my shoulders. And through the clouds I see love shine. It keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. So this song by, by Nazareth, it's love her, this, this song that, that we have just been talking about, is very powerful because Nazareth, when we hear this, this particular band, we hear the lead singer just wailing as he sings this song, this love hurts song. I'm sure the Lord was honored and inspired by the song because the first lines certainly encapsulate what Christ must have been feeling. When he came to earth as a baby, left his kingdom, his home, and his father, and he experienced and saw the suffering of the creation and had to face the subsequent need to die on the cross, all in the name of love. So the band in Nazareth, this is their song. Love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. Any heart not tough any heart not tough or strong, to take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, holds a lot of rain, love hurts. So think about this. The person that wrote this song says love hurt him, scarred him, wounded him, and marred him. We're not talking about masochism. See, we need to understand that true love, real love, will hurt sometimes. However that hurt is, It's always going to produce fruit and growth if we allow that to happen. Hurt resulting from dysfunction or foolishness, selfishness, and narcissism, it only injures and harms. The hurt needs time to heal. So when we think about this, we say to ourselves, that's the conundrum, that's that's the rub, that's the difficulty of, 
of love is that it can hurt. Sometimes it can hurt so good. Sometimes it just hurts. And we get wounded, we get marred, we get turned inside out. We start to not trust anyone. We think that there's no way that I can believe in love again. I'm not putting myself out there again. And we get harder and harder in our hearts. And so we want to say to ourselves, okay, love can hurt. It can scar. It can wound and it can mark. And any heart that's not tough or strong enough to take the pain, it's going to take a lot of pain. And, it, and love is like a cloud. It holds a lot of rain. So love hurts. And this is important for us to recognize that anything that's of value is going to have a deep effect on you, on the people around you, and the ones that you love. And there is no way to only have a Valentine's love. It's immature. It's, it's stunted in many ways. So we want to make sure that we're recognizing that love is very powerful in good ways and also in negative ways. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of knowing what love actually is. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And I always appreciate just online what you do and the remarks that you have and just the things that you say. I really, really do appreciate it. And I'm glad that we have this time to talk about love. Because the last two weeks, we talked a lot about toxic love. And so this is a really powerful show that I have loved to do in many different places. And so when we look at this song that Nazareth has has created, and it says this, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and mars. Any heart not tough or strong can take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, excuse me, holds a lot of rain, love hurts. So what this is telling us is that the author of this song, love hurt him. It scarred him. It wounded him and it marred him. We're not talking about masochism. We need to understand that true love, real love, will hurt sometimes. However, the hurt that is true always produces fruit and growth. Hurt resulting from dysfunction, from foolishness, selfishness, narcissism, it only injures and harms. And this hurt needs time to heal. So think about this. Part of the rest of this song, it says, I'm young and I know, but even so I know it too. I learned from you. I really learned a lot, really learned a lot. Love is like a flame. It burns. It burns you when it's hot. Some fools think of happiness, blissfulness, togetherness. Some fools fool themselves. I guess they're not fooling me. So let's think about some other songs that talk about love. And these are some of my favorites. How about this one, Always and Forever? I love that song, Always and Forever. How about the song, When Will I Be Loved? Do you remember that song? Or I Only Have Eyes for You. 
Now, how about this one? You light up my life, right? Remember that song? Or how about you are the sunshine of my life? I like this one, too. Just the way you are. Just the way you are. With you, I'm born again. And how about this one? These boots are made for walking, right? (laughs) So we can understand that the power of love, attachment, commitment. So what if we look at romance novels? What we see is the most enduring and popular themes continually reflect the story of Jesus. It's fascinating. They, They may not even be Christians, and they're still writing that story. So it's a hero that comes to rescue and save the character that's in bondage, distress, and heartache. The hero, the hero sees them for who they are when no one else did. The hero loves them, lives for them, and dies for them if necessary. Then taking them out of the quote-unquote hell they live in, they come to live in a beautiful kingdom, a kingdom with respect and no pain, stress, bondage, or hurt. So what we see in that is sacrifice. The change occurs when we are willing to fearfully face ourselves in order to love well. When we are willing to endure pain, that produces gain. Now, that's really important, and I've done a show on that. Pain for gain or pain in vain, okay? So the true love, that kind of love, it can hurt, but it's not in vain. It's for gain. So oftentimes, dysfunctional and abusive relationships only produce the pain in vain. So if I'm only surviving my pain, there would be no gain in the relationship. So even if the relationship is highly dysfunctional with an abusive person, I can still turn my pain for gain versus only surviving the pain and the pain being only in vain. See, I can allow the pain to strengthen me, deepen me, cause me to be a more humble person, a more flexible person, a person that can love with more resiliency and more authenticity. See, I will be better able to recognize abusive and dangerous people. See, we accept that functional, healthy relationships will create some pain. They will still hurt, they will still wound, and they will mark. However, this pain is the difference between growing pains and just being brutalized. So how do I know the difference? Well, I like this quote from Shakespeare. This is what he says. Love all, trust few, do wrong to none. If I am to do this, to love well, to trust few, and do no wrong, I must look at relationships and the imminent pain that will be there. And I see the difference between a perfect person and a trustworthy person. We know there are no perfect people. I trust God implicitly because he is perfect. However, I do not, and let me repeat, I do not trust humans implicitly. If I do, I will be very, very hurt very, very often. The difference is trustworthy people make mistakes. However, The operative word is that they care about the mistake. They regret it. They feel bad. They usually feel worse than I do about what they've done. This is a trustworthy person. 
See, I will make mistakes in my relationships. I will hurt people that I love. However, it truly bothers me. It wounds me when I know I have transgressed someone that I love. It could keep me awake at night. As a result, I do everything I can to fix it as quickly as possible and do what I need to do in order to make sure it never happens again. I make sure the person knows that I'm working on it, that I will rectify the issue as soon as possible, and that I am exceedingly thankful for the grace and the forgiveness while I work it out. That's a trustworthy person, not a perfect person. And so this trustworthy person versus an individual that wounds me, scars me, and marks me, and continuously says they are sorry but never changes, this is not a trustworthy person. This is the difference between a relationship that creates healthy pain for growth and humility and an abusive relationship that will only elicit the need to survive. So I need to be careful with whom I'm entrusting my heart. It's imperative that I have appropriate expectations on humans. They're just human. So what do you think love is? See, when we think about all this, this this saying from Shakespeare that love all, trust few, and do no wrong. This is very helpful to have these these kind of uh, lane lines to be walking in. And so I look at relationships and the imminent pain that will be there, and I see the difference between the perfect person and a trustworthy person. See, I, I will never find a perfect person except in Christ. So I want a mistake-making person that is apologetic and feels bad if they hurt me. I want a mistake-making person that fixes what they've done. I want a mistake-making person that cares how they affected me and that maybe even can't sleep at night. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about Love Hurts. Love can really hurt. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining Conversations with Cynthia, and also for telling your friends about the show. I really do appreciate that. I think that this is one of the easiest ways to learn some very difficult and complicated concepts. And so we're talking about love. And what does love have to do with it? And so we talked about romance novels, and we see the most enduring and popular themes continually reflect the story of Christ. He's a hero that comes to rescue and save the character that's in bondage, distress, and heartache. The hero sees them for who they are when no one else did. The hero loves and lives and dies, if necessary, for that main character. Then taking them out of the quote-unquote hell they live in, he then lives with them in a beautiful kingdom, a kingdom with respect and no pain and stress, bondage, or hurt. I love it. I love the story. So this is what I want you to think about. When we are considering love, how do we integrate this in a healthy manner so that we have appropriate expectations on others so that I'm not setting people up to fail me? 
And I'm not going to the opposite extreme and never even believing in a human. So this is where we want to talk about what do you think love really is? See, as you're listening to this show or reading this as one of the many books that I wrote, what is love to you? What does love mean to you? What makes sense to you? What does it feel like to you? You see, everyone is unique. However, we, of course, all fit into the many quote-unquote human generalities. But what makes us feel truly loved is a very unique experience to us. This is why people are so amazed when they find that quote-unquote one person that works for them. There are billions of people on the planet. And if it weren't an issue of originality and uniqueness, it would be easy to find someone that works. But instead... It feels like a miracle when you find the one person. No matter how much they try and measure, quantify, analyze how or why people fall in love, there are elements that are indefinable. I believe it is the element of uniqueness. That I'm a one-time, originally occurring person, and finding the person where all the dots and the points connect is truly not that easy. It is a miracle. It is. This is why God is so amazing. He can be, quote unquote, all things to all people. He is so substantive, so everything, so, quote unquote, our all in all, that he works for everyone in relationship. He, quote unquote, gets that part of you that no one else gets. It's because he made you for him. He knows you. He really likes you. The most amazing feeling for people is to be loved and liked. See, there's nothing better than that, that I actually like the person I love. And they, the person that loves me actually likes me as well. See, God does both for all of us, which is amazing in and of itself. Considering the fact that he knows us completely, it is tremendously healing, affirming, and encouraging all at the same time. See, let's take a moment and look at it in the inverse. All right, for you, what is not love? For example, those people you've been in relationship with or are currently in relationship with and they tell you that they love you and you want, to, you want them to say that, but then you want to say also to them, please stop loving me. If this is what your love is, it's hurting me. It's killing me. I don't want to be loved like that. So what do you think love isn't? Well, for me, love isn't apathy. Love isn't constant indulgence, right? Love isn't passivity or reckless freedom, which leads to bondage. Or how about enabling or dishonesty, shaming, blaming, guilting, controlling, telling your secrets, outing you in front of people, shaming you in public? How about the chaotic relator? That one night you had a great time, and then the next time you're together, it's like crazy, and it's horrible. So let me tell you about one day in my job, because my job is all about love or the lack thereof. See, my job is because of the need for love, the lack of it. So an example of one day. Let's say there's a show on suicide, and it was all about people falling, feeling unlovable, unseen, uh, unappreciated, unnoticed, afraid to love again. They were abused and mostly 
disconnected from themselves and others. Just as we see the seriousness of being disconnected from self in the scene on Calvary. When Jesus was truly disconnected from God, that's what killed him. That's tremendous to think of. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about what love is. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in today and really being a part of the show in and of itself because you're listening and sending it to your friends and talking with your friends about it. And I'm thankful that you take advantage of the website that we have as well. So I want you to know that we are talking today about what love is, what love really is. And, you know, many of you know that I grew up in the 80s. So I remember the song that says, I want to know what love is. I want to feel it. I want to know it. And so when we talk about this, I want you to think about love is really what everything is about. Understanding how powerful love is. I mean, we have so many biblical references for what love does and what it is made to do. What God first and foremost tells us is that love never fails. Well, I don't know. Do you maybe disagree with that? Have you felt like love failed you? And this is what's so important, is that love is a quality. It's not a person. So there are many people that, you know, exhibit qualities unnecessarily or unfairly or in a way that doesn't even match the quality. Haven't you been around people that are kind of shallow? And they say, oh, I love you, I love you, you're so great. And then they turn around and talk behind your back. So what you want to think about is, what is love? I want to know what it really is. So it's important that we know that love does not always feel good. Let me say that again. True love does not always feel good. And see, the world is searching hard for love, marketing it, replacing it, selling it, explaining it, exploiting it, misrepresenting it. So what really is this thing called love? So I want to read you this, this really amazing song, okay? And this is not the whole song. This is a part of it. And it says, in my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I'm going to take a little time, a little time to look around me. I've got nowhere left to hide. It looks like love has finally found me. See, we see this tendency as humans, <clears throat> excuse me, that no matter how much we've been hurt, we're going to try again. We always try again. I tell clients repeatedly, this is not stupid. It's not stupid to try again. It's human. Think how many times God has tried again and again and again with his people. God never stops trying. He can't stop loving. So again, we're going to take a little time, a little time to think things over. We're going to figure it out. We're going to start again. So the most important thing you can do if you have been hurt is to take a little time. Take time to heal. 
and then maybe jump back in and see what love can do again. So I love this song from Foreigner. It says, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. I got to take a little time, a little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. Now the mountain I must climb feels like a world upon my shoulders. And through the clouds I see the shine and it keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. But I can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I want to know what love is. So we talked in that last segment about the band Nazareth, and they have a song, and it's called Love Hurts. And it's really poignant. They say, you know, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. Any heart not tough or strong to take a lot of pain, to take a lot of pain. I'm young, I know, but even so, I know two things I've learned. I've really learned a lot, really learned a lot. Love is like a flame. It burns you when it's hot. So what are some, you know, what are some other songs that you can remember? Think about romance novels. We see this most enduring popular theme continually reflecting the story of Jesus, a hero that comes to the rescue, saves the character in bondage and distress, and that person has heartache, and the hero sees them for who they are when no one else did. And the hero loves and lives and dies if necessary for that character. Then taking them out of the quote-unquote hell they live in, he then lives with them in a beautiful kingdom, a kingdom with respect, no pain, stress, bondage, or hurt. See, what if we see in that sacrifice the change that occurs that we are willing to fearfully face ourselves in order to love well? Are we willing to endure pain that produces gain? Oftentimes, dysfunctional and abusive relationships only produce pain in vain. If I'm only surviving my pain, there would be no gain in the relationship. So even if the relationship is highly dysfunctional with an abusive person, I can still turn my pain for gain versus only surviving the pain and then the pain only being in vain. Does that make sense? See, we need to be able to also critically think about the relationship. It doesn't mean we have to end it, but we have to really look at it and say, you know, how much pain, how much feeling of in vain I, I'm, I'm enduring? And so how much, you know, dysfunction am I willing to accept? So I like this quote from Shakespeare. This is what he says. Love all, trust few, and do wrong to no one. I like that. I think, it's, I, I think it's very helpful. It's not easy. And I want to ask you, what do you think love is? I mean, seriously. As you're listening to this show or reading this as a mini book, what is love to you? What does love mean to you? What makes sense to you? Everyone is unique. So we, we all fit into many, quote unquote, human generalities, but we are unique even within that. So what makes you feel truly loved is it is very unique to all of us. This is why people are so amazed when they find, quote unquote, the one person that works for them. I mean, there are billions of people on the planet. If it weren't an issue of originality and uniqueness, 
it would be easy to find someone that works. But instead, it feels like a miracle when you find the one person. No matter how much they try and measure, quantify, analyze how and why people fall in love, there are elements that are indefinable. And I believe it really is the element of uniqueness, that I'm a one-time, originally occurring person, and finding the person where all the dots and points connect is truly not easy. It is actually a miracle. This is why God is so amazing. He can be, quote, all things to all people. He is so substantive, so everything, so are all in all, that he works for everyone in all relationships. He gets that part of you that no one else gets. It's because he made you for him. He knows you and he really likes you. Think about that. The most amazing feeling for people is to be loved and liked. It doesn't get better than that. See, God does both with all of us, which is amazing in and of itself. And considering the fact that he knows us completely, it is tremendously healing, affirming, and encouraging all at the same time. Well, let's take a moment and look at it in the inverse. What is not love for you? See, those people you've been in relationship with or are currently in relationship with, and they tell you that they love you, and you want to say to them, well, then please stop loving me. (laughs) right? If that's love, it doesn't feel like love. I don't like it. I don't like the feeling. So what do you think love isn't? Well, for me, love is not apathy. Love is not indulgence. Okay. It's like love to me is not passive. It's not reckless freedom. So how about enabling or what if you have dishonesty or the person shames you or blames you, guilts you, is controlling? See, You have to understand that these things that happen really occur and really mark us either positively or negatively. So let me tell you something about the Bible. How many times does the word love appear in the Bible? Well, using 17 different versions and including loves, loved, you know, etc. The average is 588.7 times. Imagine that. However, this doesn't include loving in the New Testament or loving kindness in the Old Testament. That could be a hundred to the average. So if you add a hundred to the average, you're going to get an even bigger, bigger quotient. So it's usually quoted as 319 in the Old Testament and 232 times in the New Testament. Love is spoken. Now, it depends on translations. But here's the thing. If you Google the word love, this is amazing. If you just Google that word, you will see 1.4 trillion to just that word. Just that word. So when we think of a preliminary definition of love, it, it can be helpful to prepare the way for our study. So this can help us to be able to recognize the idiosyncrasies of love, the uniqueness of love, and how someone actually loves us. So this is from Romans 12, and it's called A Living Sacrifice. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It goes on to say, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. For each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So this is why this is so important, that we also recognize the quality of mercy and to do it cheerfully. See, love must be sincere. It must hate evil, and it must cling to good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be patient. Be joyful in hope. Faithful in prayer. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. This doesn't mean we're we're not allowed to be angry or hurt. So we want to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Leave that room for God's wrath. See, God says, it's mine to avenge. I will repay. So when we think about this beautiful idea that God had when he created us, it was about love. And see, love is this quality that is enduring is constantly giving, is available to us. See, in 1 John 4, 8, it says God is love. It doesn't say God does not merely love. He is the embodiment of love. He is love itself. He is the quality. So I want us to think about that, and I want you to relax your bodies, relax your mind, relax a little bit and say, hey, loving can be a dangerous, you know, uh, endeavor, but it's so worthwhile. So bless you. And I could look forward so much to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.